I'm Kelly Cervantes, and this is Seizing Life, a weekly podcast produced by Citizens United for Research in Epilepsy, CURE. On today's episode, we are joined by Robin Blackford and Brianne Fisher from Ann and Robert H. Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago. Both work in the hospital's epilepsy center where they advise patients on the use of the ketogenic diet as a treatment for seizures. Robin is a registered dietitian, while Brianne is an advanced practice nurse. As medical professionals, they work together to monitor patients' vitals and ensure they use the keto diet safely. Robin, Brianne, thank you so much for coming and, and joining us today to talk all things ketogenic diet. Yeah, thanks for having yes. us. Thank you for having us. So I think generally most people understand on you know, uh, you know, a general level, ketogenic diet is high fats, low sugars. What does it mean more specifically than that? Well, you know, there's a there's a classic ketogenic diet, and then there's the modified version of the ketogenic diet. So um, I, I think what the definition of a, a classic ketogenic diet would be is the amount of fat to non-fat that is in that diet. So um, what you're doing is calculating ratios of a ketogenic diet, so that ratio of fat grams to the ratio of grams of protein and carbohydrate added together that create this um, this dose of a uh, in in those kind of terms um, of the of the diet. So the modified version of a ketogenic diet is a high fat, low carbohydrate diet um, that you do some carbohydrate counting um, so that you keep your diet within a certain amount of carbohydrate grams that still puts your body into ketosis, which is why we call it a ketogenic diet. Um, so it doesn't matter how you get there um, in terms of the amount of fat to non-fat um, or carbohydrate in your diet. Each diet is going to get you to the same point, and that is being in ketosis. Um, and burning fat for energy instead of burning carbohydrate for energy, which is what our bodies normally do. So when you eat enough fat in your diet and take down the amount of carbohydrate, um, then your body will be forced to burn fat for energy instead. Got it, which is why it can be used as a weight loss diet as well. So. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people on Facebook talk about their ketogenic diet that they're doing for weight loss, and my head starts spinning because I think of how much work we did for Adelaide when she was on the ketogenic diet. Um, what is the difference there? Is it the the extremity of it from one to the next? What is, what is the difference between me just wanting to lose weight and doing a keto diet versus... Adelaide using it as a essentially a prescription treatment. Right. So it is um, it, it is kind of a, a step in that direction. Um, it has it's kind of the gold standard for treating seizures um, uh, when it comes to diet therapy. So um, that amount of fat to non-fat, the higher the ratio, the more potent the diet. I think of it as if you are are taking a certain dose of a medication and uh, you start at the lowest dose. Uh, that would be like a ketogenic diet at a, at a lower 
um, ratio, that lower ratio of fat to non-fat. So less fat, a little bit more carbohydrate. Um, and then the higher the ratio that you get, that would be like the dose of your medicine increasing. So, um, so we certainly have uh, people uh, that are on a ketogenic diet that don't calculate ratios. Um, they're counting grams of, of carbohydrate. Um, and that kind of a diet could be a, a weight loss diet or even a diet that um, could be treating some other disease. Um, but in terms of treating seizures and people with epilepsy, um, we do like to uh, do a classic ketogenic diet, which is where you weigh everything on a gram scale. Um, so those that are familiar with doing those things, you go into the hospital for a four-day admission and um, you uh, work your way up to that dose of the diet. And um, when your body finally goes into ketosis, um, that's when we find it the most therapeutic, um, where people with seizures could have some kind of reduction in their, um, in their seizures or have some seizure control is when they're in ketosis. So you bring up something that I think um, is a slight common um, misunderstanding. You know, you mentioned when an epilepsy patient gets started on the ketogenic diet, they're going into the hospital to do it. It's a big deal because you're you're essentially changing the way your body burns en energy. You're changing the chemistry in the brain. Why do we have to go into the hospital? What exact? What are the risks? Why? What are you monitoring when the patient is in the hospital? I mean, there are many side effects to the classic ketogenic diet as well as a ketogenic diet that somebody would use for weight loss. And part of the reason why we do the admission is to make sure that somebody tolerates going into ketosis. Um, not everybody will tolerate becoming ketotic. Um, so we monitor that throughout their hospital stay. And then even after they um, go home on the ketogenic diet, um, the patients that we start on the ketogenic diet, we do have frequent follow-up. Um, and follow up in lab work, as well as educating the parents about what to look for um, for side effects. Um, the main things that we look for in both their blood work as well as through um, what families report to us is that the ketogenic diet can cause um, uh, an acidosis in the body. And um, if that carbon dioxide level goes low, somebody might not um, feel very well, they might have an upset stomach, they might have some um, uh, spitting up or vomiting, and then it does put somebody at an increased risk of developing kidney stones, um, which is one of the things that we monitor very closely on the ketogenic diet. Um, we also monitor something called carnitine, which is found naturally in the body, um, but the diet can also cause a decrease in carnitine levels, um, which help with energy. And so we often have to supplement with um, Carnitor when somebody is on the ketogenic diet. We also monitor cholesterol and triglycerides because of it being so high fat. Um, our patients generally do very well with um, the cholesterol and triglycerides, and we generally see an initial increase, but then those numbers generally level off. Um, but these are all things that we monitor very routinely for our patients who we put on the ketogenic diet um, that I don't think are always monitored very closely for people who are just putting themselves on the diet for weight loss. And how often do you advise patients that they should be going in and meeting with the dietitian and the, the APN? 
We have patients come and see us one month after starting the diet and then every three months until they're stable on the diet. Um, and we are getting lab work done at all of those appointments. So Adelaide was barely eating by mouth. Essentially, we mixed baby food and butter together. Um, but for someone who is eating consistencies beyond pureed blends, what does a typical ketogenic meal recipe look like? In a classic ketogenic diet, that ratio of fat to non-fat is more important. So we can actually use any food that a child likes in order to create that right ratio. So even if it is um, oatmeal in the morning for your child, then that amount of oatmeal then is weighed on a gram scale according to recipes that the dietitian gives them. And then we match that carbohydrate and protein amount that's in there with the fat source. So everything would be paired to the fat source. So, and when you're talking about that, just to clarify, a lot of times it's like a three to one ratio or a four to one ratio. So you're talking about three units of fat for every unit of carb. Right, carb and protein added together, okay. right? Um, so then in a modified uh, ketogenic diet, it might look a little bit more like eggs and bacon, sausage with butter and cream you know, on the side, just making, um, making enough calories so that uh, the person eating it has enough to eat and isn't hungry. And you're talking, just to clarify, straight butter and straight cream that are just being consumed. I just want to make sure that people yeah. understand that, that like you can have a tray and it's like mayonnaise or yeah. Yeah. just oil and that you're just eating that straight as it is like you don't get you to can. put it on bread and then eat it with your bread it's like mm -hmm. here's you're, some butter you're mixing it in your yeah. eggs mm -hmm. or you are eating it as a side um, what's nice about uh, kids is they kind of eat whatever you give them to a degree um, I know that there are <laughs> limits to that uh, even in my own home but um, they they tend to really like their ketogenic diet so you find the right foods that they really like um, if they are good salad eaters then you know maybe that is lunch so you have almost like a cob salad um, kind of a lunch for them and then your fat source can be um, like an oil dressing um, a lot of kids are used to drinking milk so we just flip that for then they start drinking cream um, instead of their milk so it's their it's their new keto milk or their or mm -hmm. you know some families just call it milk and they know that they're giving them cream um, so it, it's still 80 to 90% fat diet, mm -hmm. regardless if you're using a classic ketogenic diet, weighing it on the gram scale, versus modified ketogenic where you're carb counting and adding extra fat. You know, I'm remembering, you know, it was important that Adelaide eat the entire meal. It wasn't just like, you know, you eat until you're full, it's you really, because everything is measured out, you really have to eat everything that's on that plate. Right, yeah, we're, we're using grams worth of food. So you have to consume that many grams of that fat, that carbohydrate, that protein, to make sure that your dose of the diet is correct and that's what you're ingesting. So if you're on a three to one ketogenic ratio, you have to eat your entire meal. And I mean, the, 
The good news is you get more bang for your buck with the fat. So your portion sizes can be a bit smaller. It really fools your eye um, because you're looking at food and you're not thinking that that amount of fat has that many calories in it, and it really does. So it takes up a lot of the calories that um, that, that person would eat. So really you're, you're really satisfied because you're eating those same amount of calories that you're used to eating. It just looks very different on a plate. Um, but also for patients that are tube fed, um, you can still do the ketogenic diet. It doesn't have to be on a plate. Um, so there are uh, baby food purees that we can do and there are ketogenic formulas that are available so that we can use that as um, uh, for tube feeds for patients that are on the diet as well. Hi, this is Brandon from Citizens United for Research in Epilepsy or Cure. If you want to know more about advances in our understanding of diet and epilepsy, tune in to our Epilepsy and Dietary Therapies webinar on June 13th at cureepilepsy.org forward slash diet. Are there ready-made meals for um, patients out there who are eating by mouth that make it a little easier to, to manage the diet or you're just you're in there with the recipes weighing it out and making the food? I think most of the time that's what our families are doing. Um, I'm, I'm not aware of too many places where they can get ready-made ketogenic meals that are um, according to their ratio and the amount of calories that they need. It's so very specific for each individual patient. Mm -hmm. um, they'd probably have more luck if they were on a modified version of the diet um, and still knowing how many grams of fat and protein and carbohydrate are in each thing because they're counting those things on a daily basis anyway. So they could probably use um, uh, those uh, source those resources. Right. So just because they go to the grocery store and the label says keto friendly, that does not mean that when you're on the prescription diet at a specific ratio, that that is something that you can use that is more for the modified right. version. Right, right. But is one of the benefits of the ketogenic diet being so popular right now for weight loss is that there are a lot of products that are being created that somebody on the classic ketogenic diet can't go to the store or order them online and just eat them. They still need to be calculated as part of a meal plan, but there are at least options to incorporate some other things into their meals. How do you know when someone is in ketosis? Ketone bodies can be checked through um, blood and through urine. Um, so whenever patients come in to see us in ketogenic diet clinic, we will get um, their blood beta-hydroxybutyrate um, to see what their ketone level is in their blood. But routinely at home, they check their um, urine for ketones. And that's what we have them routinely check and report to us. Of course, it's more important for uh, patients to find their level of seizure control, more importantly than where their ketones are at, even though that is our therapeutic marker of how we know that a patient is on the ketogenic diet, um, that there are some patients that don't go into ketosis that still have some seizure control. Mm -hmm. So um, it's the only way that we know how to prove that a patient is on the diet um, is by checking their urine ketones, but also um, seizure control is, is a priority. And then we'll check and see if they're in a, in a certain level of ketosis to see if it's at a therapeutic level. Now, I remember we had a, when we were inpatient, we had a big training session about how um, 
how to prepare to bring the keto diet home because it is a lot of work. Um, so we got our scale, our food scale, and um, we got all of our menus on how to prepare the food. Um, what are other ways that you help families prepare for what they're about to embark on and, and what should people know about the diet and, and preparing the food and, and how all that's going to go? I think it really starts with our um, initial clinic. We make families come in, we ask families to come in um, to be educated about the diet before they ever get admitted to the hospital. Um, and during that um, clinic visit, they may meet with a nurse practitioner, a dietitian, and then our social worker. And we really discuss um, what the diet looks like at home and barriers to the diet at home so that families can really start to get things in order to be prepared um, for the diet even before their admission. And then when they get admitted to the hospital, they have very intense education with the dietitians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so then during the admission, we have it set up where uh, we have certain topics that we would talk about every single day. So the dietitian is part of the medical team um, that's inpatient. And then that person then would go and meet with the family and do all of the nutrition education that's required um, before discharge. So um, they're not only doing all of the education with the families and giving handouts and going through every single menu and gram of food that the child is eating, um, but also they're, they're thinking about once the family goes home um, and how to set them up to be the most successful in doing that at home because this is not an easy diet to do at home. Um, but I think that it is helpful that they're thinking about it ahead of time. Um, they know what to expect once they're in the hospital and then we are helping them overcome any of those barriers once they go home, um, the things that they are most fearful of in doing. Um, but also we have a social worker that works with our team as well. And, um, and she is more than just a case manager um, and trying to get stuff for home, but also um, really meeting with families and seeing what is it that we can be most helpful in doing when um, families are ready to go home on the diet. So that could be a variety of things. Um, maybe it's uh, families that have more than one child, so they have to think about others when they're feeding their own uh, keto kid. Uh, maybe it's school um, and how to manage school issues um, along with the diet and um, uh, birthday parties or any kind of family event that's also going on where they have to weigh all of their food on a gram scale and take all of their food with them. Um, how do you handle all of those, all of those things? Um, so our social worker is also helpful as part of our multidisciplinary team to be able to overcome some of those barriers. Um, it can be a lot of work. It is, it is a huge change, but if it works, I mean, it's, it's worth it. Um, let's talk about that. How, what is the success rate? How often do you see this work? So in all of the published literature since the 1920s, we see that uh, the success rate of the diet is anywhere between 50 and 75% um, helpful for seizure control for all of the studies included together. So um, I think, that even when uh, you try 
one medicine and a second medicine and a third medicine, um, that the percentages of, of seizure control and success with those additional medicines decrease and decrease yeah. and decrease, that um, you will not see the same thing happen with a ketogenic diet. You will see that same 50 to 75% success rate with Regardless the diet. of where you try it in your treatment plan. Right. right. Uh, I imagine it's probably more common for people to come in to start the diet already on meds. Um, do you see people come off their meds? Have you seen people get full seizure freedom? Absolutely both. So, um, you know, the best case scenario is that somebody comes in and wants to start the ketogenic diet and we put them on the diet and they become seizure free and they're able to wean off of their medications and we'd leave them on the diet for about two years, um, check an EEG and then wean them off the diet and have them go on and have a, a normal life without seizures. Um, certainly more often than not that it's somebody comes in and they start the diet and they've had um, either complete seizure control or at least um, a good reduction in seizures and are able to be on less medication than they were on previously. So are there certain types of seizures or certain etiologies for epilepsies, be it genetic or um, brain malformation or uh, post-traumatic epilepsy that you have seen? either clinically or in research studies that the ketogenic diet can be more useful or more effective? With research, we are continuing to learn more um, about specific etiologies that the diet can be helpful for. Um, but for certain genetic conditions, such as GLUT1 deficiency or pyruvate dehydroxinase deficiency, we automatically put those patients on um, the ketogenic diet. Um, we find it to be very helpful for patients who have MAE, or otherwise known as Doza syndrome. Um, we put those patients on the diet um, generally very early on in their epilepsy course, um, as well as patients with infantile spasms. Um, we tend to put them on early on in their course. But otherwise, um, you know, anybody who's really failed two or more medications is considered you know, a good candidate for the diet. And how long do you recommend typically that someone stay on the diet or is it, can you be on the diet for too long or how, how does that work? So it really is all dependent on um, how useful it is for a patient. If we put somebody on the diet and they're doing very well from a seizure perspective and they're tolerating the diet without side effects, um, we can have them stay on it for years. Um, we've had patients on the diet for more than 10 years, um, as long as we feel that it's still, still helpful for them. Um, kind of on the opposite side, if we put somebody on the diet and we're really not feeling that it's helpful for them or that they are having side effects, we try to get them back off of the diet you know, as quickly as possible, even within a few months of starting. And how does that look to come off the diet? Is it, are you, I mean, I, I remember we sort of weaned Adelaide off um, similar to how we would to a pharmaceutical med because you are still, it is still a chemical reaction that you are altering in the brain. Talk to us about what that weaning process looks like. It can be different for everyone, especially if uh, a patient is having severe side effects of the diet, then we might want to wean the diet more quickly. Um, so there's no hard and fast rule about weaning, um, even in all of our consensus uh, across the world when it comes to um, diet therapy. Uh, it could be slow, it could be fast. There's 
you know, some patients might want to stay on it a little bit longer and have a longer weaning process, especially if the diet's been very helpful for them. Um, because we're kind of testing the waters, you know, it's just like also like reducing a medicine. Like what, what is it really controlling? So when we come down off of that therapy, what's behind that door? Um, so we might go slowly to kind of see um, how the patient responds to being off of the diet. So sort of on the, the sciencey side of it, how does it work? Why is this diet, why does being in ketosis control seizures in some people? I think that's like the million dollar question. question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we don't really know exactly how it works. Um, we have a, a lot of scientists working on this all of the time. Um, there's a lot of research that's going into the ketogenic diet. And um, I think it comes back to though the brain and it comes back to epilepsy. And um, just that uh, we don't yet have a cure for these things. And so you have this therapy that you know is helping the symptoms mm -hmm. of having epilepsy, and that is the seizures. Um, but uh, we also don't know how that is working. We, we can't predict who's gonna be a good candidate for the diet and who is going to be a responder. We have, we have some good ideas, um, but we are not 100% accurate on it every time. Uh, epilepsy could be, um, it, it could be genetic, it could be um, inflammatory. Um, so some of these things might, uh, might be things that can be a target for the ketogenic diet, um, where you lower blood glucose and maybe just stabilizing blood glucose could be helpful for seizure control. Maybe working on the hormones of the body and sleep, um, maybe that helps with seizure control. So some of those things that would trigger seizures, mm -hmm. um, we think the diet kind of helps work with those things to make those symptoms of epilepsy a little bit better. So there could be one aspect of the diet that is controlling seizures for one person, and then it's a different effect of the diet that is helping another person. There's just Absolutely. no and, way to really And having know. so many different um, seizure types too, right. you know, so there are different seizure types where it might work well for versus others. So um, for every individual, it's so, it's so different and hard to predict. That's a personal and hard to predict disease. So that sort of falls in line. Brianne, Robin, thank you so much for coming and teaching us all about the ketogenic diet. We appreciate your time so much and everything that you guys are doing for all the kiddos out there. So thanks. Thanks, thank you. Thank you again, Robin and Brianne, for exploring how the keto diet works for patients with epilepsy. If you want to learn more about the ketogenic diet, then check out the articles in the Cure News section at cureepilepsy.org forward slash news. There you will find topics on ketogenic diet and other research projects from researchers around the world who are working on finding a cure for epilepsy.
The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Cure. The information contained herein is provided for general information only and does not offer medical advice or recommendations. Individuals should not rely on this information as a substitute for consultations with qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with individual medical conditions and needs. Cure strongly recommends that care and treatment decisions related to epilepsy and any other medical condition be made in consultation with a patient's physician or other qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with the individual's specific health situation.